0: I'm gonna be speaking about the gift of prophecy tonight, which is really exciting, but how cool is it that we've already, like this is already part of our experience of coming together. So this is not foreign. It's not even foreign to us this evening because we've already experienced that. So I think just like keep that in mind. This is part of our family experience together, but how good is it that we get to just dig in a little bit more and make some more room for this in our lives? Um, I want to start by telling you a story about when I was 17, uh, which is a surprisingly long time ago now, actually, although I don't look it, but it actually is. Uh, so when I was 17, I was at this Christian youth conference in Northern Ireland. Uh, think like, oh, wow, yeah. You don't even know which one it was. There's like one. So um, it's kind of think like Soul Survivor-esque type thing. And um, I was serving on a team there. I was serving on a prayer ministry team because that's apparently all I ever do with my life. But... um, (laughs) at that point in my life that was the first time I had ever done anything like that before. I had like prayed for my friends before but I had never done anything in like an official capacity and so basically I was totally clueless. I just knew that I loved to pray and I also knew that I wanted to get better at it so I thought well maybe if I hang around some people who were really good at it and have been doing it for a long time that I'll learn some things Um, I brought the average age Of the team down by like a significant amount. They were all much older than me and everyone else was from uh, loads of different churches which meant that I kind of got very different church experience with every single person that I spoke to. They worshiped Jesus in different ways, they prayed in a different way to me and one of my favorite examples of this is uh, before we would go into our like evening gathering, morning gathering together we would pray together as a team and spend some time getting to know each other and there was one particular time where this lady that I was sitting beside, she turned to me, just like making conversation, very casually was like, So do you pray in tongues? And I was like, I'm a Presbyterian. <laughs> Where's the door? <laughs> you know? So, needless to say, it was a very steep learning curve. I have no idea what I said back to that woman. I think she probably got like an overflow of just, I'm freaked out right now, please stop talking to me. The reason i'm telling you this is because of one experience that i had when i was there that has really defined me we were doing our prayer ministry thing and um, i was paired with this older guy john and this man came forward to to john and i and um he wanted us to pray for him and what he said to us was um i i am not going to tell you what i want you to pray for i would just like you to pray which on one hand Great level of expectation from him, love that level of faith. On the other hand, I'm there like, well, what if I don't say what you want to hear? You know, what if I get it wrong? You're coming with this amazing level of expectation and you're expecting to hear something from God and and what if I say the wrong thing? So we begin to, we didn't say any of that out loud, we just said, Sure. And uh, we began to pray and as we often do in prayer ministry, we lay a hand on someone's shoulder when we pray for them. And as I do that, the weirdest thing happens to me. Now, remember I'm a Northern Irish Presbyterian at this, this point in my life. Obviously I have evolved since then, not that that's a bad thing. But as we're praying, the hand that I have laid on this man's shoulder begins to get incredibly hot. Not like a warm hand, I have had a warm hand. I've had warm hands before, I know what that feels like. This was something different. And I was like, what is going on? And then um, this hand also begins to feel like it is covered in oil. Sounds a little weird, not a sweaty palm. Also know what that feels like. This was something completely different. Like I could barely keep it in one place. The other guy is praying, so I can't do anything about it. I'm just like there with my one weird oily hand being like, God, what is going on? And this is like, this is the strangest thing. But I don't want to interrupt. So I'm just like, well, this only started to happen whenever I started to pray. And it doesn't feel bad. It doesn't feel like it's wrong. It's just different. So maybe it's God's. I don't know, let's go with that and see what happens. I knew uh, the Bible is really important to me and I'd studied the Bible a lot when I was younger and so I knew my Bible pretty well and I began to think, okay, well, that's all I've got. So where in the Bible do I remember stuff about Oil, Uh, right, David, King David, he was anointed with oil whenever he was being anointed to be king. He was anointed into a position of authority, a new position of authority way and above anything else that he had ever experienced before like maybe that's what god is doing maybe that's what he's reminding me of maybe he's wanting to anoint this man in front of me into a new position of authority and that he's saying that like it's okay and to go for it and that maybe it's different from what he's done before Remember, I have no idea what I'm doing. And when it's my turn to pray, I just begin to pray, probably with not very a lot of very good words, but I just begin to pray what would come into my head about David and the oil and the anointing, and maybe it was into a new position of authority. And I I had no idea if what I was saying was right or if I was even saying it in the right way. I just was going for it. And when we finish, this man turns to us and he says. The thing that I have been wrestling with is that I feel called by God to move from the career that I have been in for my entire adult life and to go into a completely new one, to move in a completely different direction. It would be a real step up in authority for me. It would be a very visible and new place of authority. And I am scared. I am nervous. And I need to know if God's hand is on this. And I'm there, like, jaw on the floor. I didn't, I didn't know any of that. Why in the world would God use this, like, clue, clueless teenager who had never heard the word prophecy or anything like it in her life before, really, to speak directly into this man's situation? That's not what I necessarily signed up for. I didn't know what I was doing. That's just what happened. And the reason that that moment is so crucial is because it is so undeniable. Like I can't deny that it happened. At that point in my life, I was really not a natural leader at all. I shirked away from anything like that. I was not the person that stuff like this happened to. You know, weird stuff didn't happen to me that often really at that point at all as far as i was concerned there was no good reason that god would choose to use me like that and yet he just had so what do you do with it tonight we're talking about the gifts of prophecy we are in this series on gifts of the spirit What are the gifts that Holy Spirit gives us? Some of us will know lots of them. Some of us maybe will never have heard of any of them before. But they're so important to get a grip on. How do we use them? How do we identify them? This is not just a series so that individually we can understand ourselves better, although that's often a helpful byproduct. But our hope from this particular series is that it will be one piece in us becoming a church, a people, a family who live in and by the Spirit, who know Holy Spirit, the person who seek and grow in the gifts that he has given us for the good of those around us, for the good of our city. And so we will see God's kingdom come here in Edinburgh. Like Andy said last week, we, each of us, come with all sorts of experiences of this. Maybe you have loads of experience. Maybe you have no experience. That's still a level of experience. Some of it may have been really helpful. Some of it may have been really unhelpful. Some of it may have been transformative. And some of it may have been damaging. Andy quoted um, this guy called Andy Croft from Soul Survivor saying, the corrective for misuse isn't disuse, which it often has been in the church it's right use and so that's what we're exploring that's what we're getting to grips with that feels like a good thing for us to keep reminding ourselves of the bible talks a lot about prophecy it's all over the place we read loads about it in the old testament with prophets like isaiah and elijah and ezekiel and jeremiah all excellent names And it goes right through to Paul in the New Testament who also talks a lot about prophecy. He lays out some some ground rules for the early church. So we've got a lot of places that we could go. But we're going to go first to 1st Corinthians this book in the New Testament it's a letter that Paul wrote to a church that was part of what he did he wrote lots of letters to church and to churches and we're lucky to have them recorded for us so in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 we're just going to read the first few verses of that and see what the Bible has to say about this gift so you can follow along if you want if you have a Bible or it's going to be on the screen behind me so starting at the beginning of that chapter it says follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. No one understands, understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. That's not actually being disparaging to tongues. It's helpful to note. It's just stating a fact. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comforts anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves that's a good thing anyone who prophesies edifies the church also a good thing let me pray holy spirit we welcome you we know that you have given us these gifts and so we want to be faithful to them Jesus, we want to know you drawing alongside us. You promised that you would never leave us. And so we believe that that is true in this moment. Will you come and draw alongside us, each person in this room? And Father, we want to know your love because it is great. So you come and speak to us with the greatness, the fullness of your love. Amen. The gift of prophecy isn't just for me, it isn't just for you as an individual, it isn't even firstly for me, it is for us, it is for the church, it is for the body. And maybe you think, well, yeah sure that's obvious, but it seems that often in the church we seek these gifts of the spirit, any of them, firstly For a better understanding of ourselves, don't we? Learning about spiritual gifts, seeking them and practicing them was never meant to be an individual pursuit for the purposes of like rounding out our spiritual personalities or typing ourselves in a particular way. Seeking these gifts is a pursuit of faith. It is a pursuit of service, of humility for the incredible purpose of building up the church, the people. Look at verse 4. The one who prophesies, edifies the church. The one who speaks out what they sense God is saying to another person, to a friend or to a group, to the church. They edify. And the word edify there in the original Greek is the word oikodemeo. And the reason that we like talk about Greek sometimes is not just to sound fancier because like every preacher ever just needs to stick it in their sermon. That's not the point. It's helpful to go back to where it started so that we can figure out what it actually meant because we're reading a translation. So it means... Um, Something very literal. That word actually means to build, like to literally build an actual thing like a house. Paul is using something very literal here to make a point because it's a visual that we can understand. We all get what the premise of building is. We all understand that building is a bit by bit contribution to a greater whole. Building establishes something where there was nothing previously. Building implies creating something, often something strong, something that provides shelter. And that is part of what Paul wants us to understand that this gift of prophecy does, that it builds, it contributes, it establishes, it makes us, the church, strong. That's what it does. And this is not the only time that Paul talks like this. In fact, just a couple of chapters previously in this book, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks again about these gifts and he talks about how the gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good and that we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body. So we're all together in it and that we are the body of Christ and that each one of us is a part of it. And in another letter he wrote to another church, this, we read it in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 4 he references some of these gifts again and prophecy is among it. And he talks about how the purpose of them is to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, which is us, may be built up. I mean, Paul is repeating himself here. Are we getting the point? He's trying to get something into our heads. It is not just about you. It is so much bigger. When you prophesy over someone, when you speak a word of of God's truth and life over them, you are taking part in God's building plan for the kingdom. You are contributing to something that is much bigger than yourself. The gift of prophecy is not just for me, it isn't even firstly for me, it is for us. Now of course, none of this detracts from the fact that these gifts are given to us as individuals. We know that. And they do help us understand how God has made us but that is never the fullness of their purpose. That's never the the complete point. Why do you want this gift? Maybe you don't. Why do you want it? You're allowed to want it. We read that earlier in that, that chapter, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's not just like a when you've like finished all the other stuff, then like maybe if you've got any more room. That's not what that is. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. We're allowed to want them. We are allowed to be eager in our wanting of them. But it's important to think, well, why? Why do I want it? Why would I want these spiritual gifts in my life? What if our desire to see the prophetic rise even more amongst us was not just so that we as an individual would grow, but so that we as a body of people here and also connected with the body of Christ all across the world would also grow. What if we had the perspective that if God speaks to us for ourselves in our time with him, which is really nice, that maybe he also might want to speak to us for other people. These things we have been given, they are, they are incredib- incredible blessings to us, but they never just stay with us. They always go somewhere and generally they go to other people. These gifts are for the church. And the church is not a place of private exploration. The church is a a family of people working and growing together. Whether we like it or not. Let's check back in with that passage that we read earlier and see what else it has to say. Because laid out for us in this are some really clear purposes for this gift. There's a great verse, a couple of chapters previously, which I think is probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, about spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed, which I really appreciate. So here's a little working out of that. We're not to be uninformed. Isn't that amazing? So, here is some information for us around what the purpose of these gifts are. The gift of prophecy is purpose filled, it is a purpose filled action. Look at verse 3. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for three things they're strengthening, they're encouraging, and comfort. These are some direct byproducts of this gift that we should just always see and that we should also always seek as well. The purpose of this gift is for strengthening. In, In other translations, they actually use the word edification, which we've already heard. The things that we hear or receive from God that we share with another, they should build something. They should promote growth in another. That should be our desire. Does this thing that I, I sense God is saying or showing to me that I think might be for someone else, will it strengthen them? Will it? Will it strengthen them, or will it tear them down? Will it promote growth in them? Will it help to create room for growth in them? And is that my desire? Is that why I want to share? So that I can promote growth in another? Do I want to serve the growth in another? This gift is for strengthening of us. We go on to read that another purpose is to bring encouragement. And that word at its root kind of means like an entreaty or an imploration, something that is stirring to another, stirring to the spirit of another person. And you see, a prophetic word of encouragement really crucially is not just niceties. Like it's not just saying nice things about another person. That's just what we should do as humans. That's a nice thing to do as humans. But that's not what this gift is for. It is so much more powerful than that. It is so much deeper than that. A prophetic word of encouragement from God, what we get to participate in in that is something deep and something powerful and something that is totally effective. As we listen to God, as we receive from him, we get to share revelations that will bring a deep encouragement to people. Paul again repeats himself elsewhere in another letter that he wrote. This one's called, well, I imagine it wasn't called 1 Thessalonians, because I imagine there were, you know, it was just the first letter, but it's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it says, therefore, encourage one another. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. I mean, is anyone else seeing a theme here? Paul is clearly trying to get something across to us. And I don't know about you, but when I see that amount of repetition, I think I should probably pay attention. Let's be those kind of people that build each other up that bring that deep heartfelt encouragement to others perhaps this is something that actually you do really well already that you are known amongst your friends as an encourager what would it look like to embrace that that prophetic edge to encouragement that it's something that God has formed in you for a long time. So you've been faithful with it for a long time. And that he wants to bring that deep revelation of his heart through it. Imagine if we paid attention to that. It's also, this can be a hard one. Because it requires a humility of us. It means that we may have to bring that encouragement to someone that we don't like. Someone that we don't think actually deserves it. The thing that is probably most crucial when we come to understand this gift is that it always requires of us a laying down of our agendas. Amanda, we hold tight to our agendas. When we are sharing those revelations of what God is doing, what He is showing us, we have to get rid of our stuff. We have to lay down our own agendas. Thirdly, prophecy is meant to bring comfort. Isn't that incredible? Like that that's part of the purpose. We sometimes think of comfort as being uh, weak, I think, because we often need it in a time of weakness. But in and of itself, it is not weak at all. The word that is um, used here in another translation is consolation, a deep, heartfelt consolation and that's another word that we have um, taken some meaning away from because often we use it when we say a consolation prize or if it's any consolation which it rarely is that is not what the comfort the consolation of god does in the psalms in psalm 94 david writes this When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. In a time when joy was nowhere near David. In a time where it was as far from him as it possibly could be. And when his soul, his heart, his mind was deeply troubled it was the comfort and consolation of god that brought him strength it is deeply powerful the comfort of god is far and beyond anything that we could ever imagine and it's what we need how incredible that that is something which this gift affords us it consoles. What a privilege to be able to bring that to another. I have I have countless examples in my life where God has used another person to build something up in me, where um, he's used someone outside of my situation to call something up in me, to to prophesy that deep encouragement into my life, to bring that comfort and that consolation when I needed it. And you know, the reason that I have those examples is because someone didn't just engage with the purpose of prophecy, they also engaged with it as an activity because it is something which requires an action. It is a purpose-filled action. There is an action that is required with this gift. An action dependent often on us. And the action is very simple, but often incredibly hard. It's to speak. It's to share. It's to go, to move, to dare to believe that it might just be from God. And that it might just be for good and that leads me to my last point in this particular letter that Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14 they deal with spiritual gifts so we get lots of insight into these gifts in both of those chapters and then right in the middle is chapter 13 obviously because that's how numbers work but you'll know it because you've heard it at literally every wedding that you've ever been to. It's the one about love. And I think that on Paul's behalf, that was uh, some intentional structuring. Basically, in that chapter, he's saying, you can have as many of these gifts as you like, but if you don't operate with them in love, then they are empty and they are pointless. Maybe he knew that Christians would sometimes have some trouble with love. He started chapter 14 with it as well. Follow the way of love. And there's a guy called Sean Bolts and he writes a lot around the prophetic and he says there is no power from god that is separated from love thank goodness praise god for that the gift of prophecy is for us it's for all of us it has a purpose it requires action but most importantly the gift of prophecy should always be grounded in love. So it matters how we use it because you see, the gifts of the spirits should always yield the fruit of the Spirit. And the first fruit of the Spirit that we read about is love. And the prevailing characteristic of God that he goes in above and beyond for us to understand. The one that is most important is that he is love. And the thing that Jesus continually called us to whenever he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love. So, our words may be good. The things we share may even be right. They may be exactly what God is saying or showing us. But if our core motivation is not love, then they aren't going anywhere. And the thing about this is that I I don't think we can muster it up for ourselves. We can try we might get somewhere. But this is something that I think we can only receive. Because prophecy at its very core reveals the heart of the Father. Yeah, sometimes it tells us what to do and we get some guidance, but that's, that's not actually its core, I don't think. It reveals the heart of the Father And the heart of the Father is one that is overflowing with immeasurable, never-ending, steadfast, faithful love. We cannot give away what we have not received for ourselves. Have you received the love of God? Maybe for the first time, maybe again. Now some of you are sitting here and you've heard all this stuff before and uh, maybe for some of you this is brand new and you're thinking, these guys are a little weird. Some of you, I think, immediately discounted any personal involvement from the moment that I said the word prophecy because that's for someone else. Thank goodness. The thing is, There is an opportunity and an invitation to us today to do something. We are notoriously good uh, in the church sometimes, in our society definitely, at receiving a lot of information and then doing absolutely nothing about it. I mean, podcasts, anyone? So I think the invitation here is Will you do something with this? Will you eagerly desire this gift? Will you seek me for this? Will you count yourself in rather than out? Will you count yourself in rather than out? There's something for us to respond here to, and we want to be faithful to that. I'm going to get John and and Sam and the guys to just come back up again as we respond to what God is doing amongst us. It would make no sense to have a whole talk on prophecy and then make absolutely no room for the prophetic to be present among us. Would it? That would be a little dumb. So that's what we're going to do. I want to share some things that I felt God was highlighting to me, but we also want to create space for you as well. That if you feel God has been saying something to you for someone in this room, that you can go and share it with them that if you feel God has been saying something to you for us as a whole body of people, that you can come and share that with us. And if it's right and appropriate, then we'll share that together. But just a few things that I felt God highlighted to me about how we we can respond tonight. I think um, that maybe he wants to reawaken some prophetic gifts in people. I wonder if maybe there are some of you in the room tonight, I don't necessarily think it might be everyone. Maybe it is. In that case, great. But I feel perhaps there are some of you who have buried this gift. Like maybe from a long time ago that you have buried it and perhaps even rejected it. Maybe there was a bad experience Maybe it just was a bit hard, hard work. Maybe you didn't understand it. I think God wants to reawaken some of those things tonight. I think he wants to uncover some of those giftings again. And I think as well that there are some of you here perhaps who still completely discount yourself. Who still say, no, this one's not for me, I'm really happy for other people to have that, but it's just not for me. And perhaps tonight God is saying, actually it is. There were no addendums to the eagerly desire. It wasn't eagerly desire if you're this person or that person, this way inclined or that way inclined, it was just eagerly desire. And so there might be a desire rising in you, this gift and then to use it. So why don't you stand with me if you're able. Someone this morning came and shared with me after that they felt that God was saying for this evening for some of us that we can trust the spirits. Can trust the spirit that has been placed in us. Maybe some of you operate on a little bit of uncertainty around the Holy Spirit. You don't really know what it means to engage with Him. So perhaps that word is for you that you can trust Holy Spirit. And so for those of you that are really wanting to receive this gift, for those of you who are recognizing that you have buried it or rejected it or just like brushed it away put it on the back burner and God is doing something within you tonight around that he's stirring something among you then I want you to do something brave because often brave actions are good and I would love it if you would come and stand at the front to say yep I don't know what this is going to be like but I'm up for it I want to receive this gift so come and stand on the front and some of us will come and pray for you to receive the gift of prophecy and if you want prayer for anything else at all it doesn't even have to be anything I've said then our prayer team are just over in the corner and they would love to pray for you but I think that there is um, I think there is some brave action required in this room tonight I think there is brave action that is required amongst us and so if that is something that God is doing in you then do something about it we are family together, we want to bless and encourage each other come and find yourself at the front and we would love to pray for you